it's that time of year again. We're going to talk about taxes and the ways that you can get yourself off the IRS radar. We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Parag. Hopefully you can tell from this conversation that I am I, I take things very seriously, but I'm laid back. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with Cloudvestor. You may want to do some reallocations based off how you're currently invested. This podcast addresses financial issues for all ages, from those just starting out up to retirees. It's Your Finances Untangled. Untangling your finances and looking at the uh, financial universe from all angles on this podcast. It is Your Finances Untangled. Consumer advocate Dave Perkins with Mo Param again, and the conversation rolls on. Mo, how are you today? Uh, Dave, I'm doing really great. Just came back from assignment yeah, and uh, right. with the family. So uh, it's been great. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, you know what's coming up? Tax time, tax day, and so we're, mm-hmm. we're getting the jump on this. You have put together some things to, as you said, keep yourself off the IRS radar, and we all want to do that. We don't want to be on their radar screen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love my family, but my uh, my favorite Uncle Sam sometimes just uh, just <laughs> comes in at the wrong time, you know? Right. <laughs> so, well, you don't want him coming in and having you break out all your paperwork and going through it. Yeah, yeah, you know, our our file cabinets of receipts that we, you know, that still have the syrup from the breakfast that we uh <laughs> that we from the restaurant you're at. with or the restaurants, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um so yeah, so th- you know there's certain things you can do to hopefully not have the IRS sniffing around um your taxes and and some of your uh deductions and claims. So there's a certain tips that you can do, um uh, you know, red flags you want to avoid to uh, basically get yourself off the IRS radar if possible. Yeah, and and I'm laughing too because I have had those uh, syrup and ketchup stained receipts <laughs> saved. <laughs> well, let's start with the obvious. Um, watch your deductions um, because that can uh, that can be a red flag. It can be, you know, what the deductions, you know, obviously what it sounds like with deductions, right? It allows you to uh, reduce your income based off qualified deductions that you have either for your family or for your business or, or, or both. And, you know, in 2017, when the new tax laws were implemented, it doubled your standard deduction mm-hmm. for most households. And so um, right now for 2021, your standard deduction, if you're single, is t- uh, 12550 And if you're married filing jointly, it's uh, 25100 right? So that's your standard deduction, meaning that if, uh, if you're single, for instance, mm-hmm. and you, you're able to deduct $12,550 from your income, just boom, standard. Right. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. You can just automatically do that. Um, but you do, if you, if there are opportunities that you, that come up where you're actually deducting more than 12, or you want to deduct more than the 12005 that's el- eligible for your standard deduction, then you have to essentially itemize all your deductions, right? And so, what could cause um, you know, red flags and bells and whistles from the IRS is if you have a, a, you know, a high amount of itemized deductions. That could cause you know, the IRS to start sniffing around and start saying, okay, are these deductions actually qualified? 
do you have receipts? Do you have spreadsheets? Do you have a record um, of all the deductions that you're trying to claim above that 12,000 um, number? Mm -hmm. So that's one thing, again, if you're looking to kind of get off the radar is if you're, you know, use the simplified standard deductions. Uh, or again, if you're going to, if you're looking to do more than that, just make sure that you have accurate records for uh, those itemized deductions you're looking for. And and we can break that down too. Uh, also, in in areas you want to really watch out for in in that. But I, I did have one question on the standard, and I'll yeah. I'll make it grammatically correct in how I ask it. For whom would the standard be the best? <laughs> <laughs> for whom for whom oh, would great. it be best or, or uh, i, I don't know, even know if that was grammatically correct anyway who, who, i don't know either who's I'm the gonna, person gonna, uh, who should use the standard deduction well it, it's it's standard right so everyone right if 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 you're if if there's a chance that you don't have any itemized deductions, right? So if you're, a, let's say you're not a business owner. Okay. And you, you don't really have much deductions, right? You're W-2, you're just, you know, plowing away at work and getting a paycheck. And um, and there's really nothing for you to itemize, right? There's nothing for you to, to deduct over the 12000 Then go ahead and just claim the standard deduction, right? It's, it's given to you uh, and it's allowed for... For everyone, right? So if you're getting, if you're single, the number's a little over twelve thousand. If you're married, filing jointly, uh, it's twenty five thousand. Uh, married filing separately, you know, I've, I've run across a yeah. few, um, a few clients that are married filing separately, and that's a whole different story of of why they why you would want to do that. But that number is actually reduced. It goes back to what the single number is, twelve thousand five fifty. So be careful if you're if you're married filing separately. Uh, you don't really have the you don't have the same deductions as if you were filing jointly. Those are the conversations you definitely want to have with either your tax preparer or your CPA or your accountant. But uh, I, I'd say, it, but to answer your question, for whom <laughs> do the standard deductions? Oh, go that's for it. For it. whom is the standard deduction the best? Yeah, that's it's for those who really. You know, if you if you know for a fact that there aren't any real deductions that you have above the twelve thousand five fifty, again, if you're single, twenty five, if you're if you're married, if there's no other deductions above that number, just go ahead and use a standard deduction. It's cleaner, it's simpler, um, and it's 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 available to you. Well, let me ask you this question: A lot of people, and I've done this in the past. I uh, I, I don't now, but I, one time I picked up some extra money on the weekend doing Lyft driving, for instance, oh, okay. Uber, and things like that. So let's say you don't have a lot, but um, you want to do this. You do the standard. Can you still do like mileage on on Lyft or Uber or Grubhub, whatnot? <laughs> you can still do it. You can still you do can do the, the standard the, and the mileage. You can still do the mileage, right? But then your preparer might say, okay, well, again, you want to have your 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 mileage log you know you want to make sure that you are keeping track of the actual miles that you're using uh and that you've um that you, your mile records that you had throughout the year so mm -hmm. again if if it's if it still falls short of the of uh the standard deduction and you're not really keeping good track a lot of this it has to do with um you know making sure you have records right so 
if you're just guessing what your mileage is, again, if you just want to keep it under, get yourself under the radar from the IRS, maybe this is taking the standard deduction is fine. All right. Let's look at some, and, and, and correct me if I'm not using the right terminologies, but if we break down the itemized deductions, what if you purchase a computer for your home and you're using it for home stuff, personal stuff, but also you use it for work? Oh, okay. So like business expenses, right? So mm-hmm. that's another thing. That, so is that uh, as a bi- as a business owner, you can use those deductions for uh, again to lower your taxable bill, your taxable income. So you want to keep those qualifying expenses as well. So uh, a computer, you know, landlines, office supplies, those type of things that you use to run your business, right? Uh, subscriptions. For us, we we have a lot of subscriptions and software that, uh, that we pay on an annual basis. So all these things do add up um, for us for our deductions. So again, it's all about understanding where, again, you have to have accurate records, right? Have your receipts, yeah. have your accurate records, and then talk to your preparer, right? Talk, talk to your tax preparer and see, because if you're a business owner, uh, self-employed, you might have a Schedule C, uh, especially if you're a sole proprietor, and there's a, l- a number of deductions you can have. And so if it if it makes sense for us to, well, we're going to blow right through the 12.5, right? Because mm-hmm. of the new computer for yourself, for your team, Again, all the office supplies, subscriptions, and everything you need to maintain and run your business. Well, if it goes above the the standard deduction, again, if you still have accurate records, you might want to use the business. You may want to use the itemized deductions. But that's where the, it's the deductions, if you go overboard, right, that's where the IRS can start snooping around right, right? and maybe right. have an audit. And, you know, audit sounds bad, right? Because it just means that, sounds okay, terrible. the IRS wants to go through a fine tooth comb to make sure that what you're reporting is correct and accurate. And if it is correct and accurate, you don't have anything to worry about, right? Yeah, the but isn't their the job to neck. find things wrong? I mean, if they, they can't, if, if, if they come back and for everybody and say, nah, it looked good, then it doesn't look like they're doing their job. That's what always worries me. And, and I've never mm-hmm. been audited, but in a situation like that, that is kind of their job, any kind of inspection, it's their yeah. job to find something wrong. Yeah, it's kind of like a health inspection for restaurants, yeah. right? You know, uh, a favorite restaurant that I go to locally, the last time I was there, I think they had like a 99 health health score. And it was and, over something silly, I bet. Yeah, I mean, the owner said it was over something silly. Now, he didn't go into detail about what it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on his aspect, maybe it, maybe it was something silly, but... You know, that's the, that's what the health inspector is there for, to make sure that everything is fine. And so... And I'm kind of glad having, they're picky. <laughs> I'm kind of glad they're picky. I'm kind of glad. Right, right. I'm kind of glad, you know, that 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 mouse that might be in your soup, the business owner <laughs> might think it's 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 minor. That would bump but, them down to a 98. <laughs> guarantee you. But you're right. The IRS, when they're doing an audit, they're looking with a fine-tooth comb uh-huh. to make sure that... Uh, that you're doing things correctly and, and they're going to be looking, right? They're going to be looking to make, to see if there's any discrepancies with what you're reporting to, uh, with what you're reporting. But, you know, that's where the, the use of a CPA, an accountant, a tax preparer, some of these services like a TurboTax or like an H&R Block, that you, when you file your taxes, you can sign up for, I forget, I don't know exactly what the what the name is, mm-hmm. uh, but you can sign up for a service where if you do get audited, they do take responsibility because they're the ones who actually did file. Okay. Uh, oh. 
uh, hmm. file your taxes for you. But again, it's uh, it's about you presenting and giving them the right information, right? If you forget or if the information you provided is fraudulent, then it comes back to you, right? I always tell clients, for the most part, when it comes to planning, you know, you're you're responsible, right? So you have to be responsible for providing the data. And so for us, if you're not giving us all the data, then we're 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 building a plan for you that's that might have some errors in it because you're not providing us all the information. So the more transparent you are, the more honest you are, um, the more open you are about and it's about your finances and about your goals and about your pay structure and about your cash flow, the better it is and the more concrete the financial plans are. We're looking at, and Mo is trying to help keep you off the IRS radar screen as we're approaching at the time of this podcast, April 15th. Uh, here's a question that related to COVID. A lot of people worked from home. Mm-hmm. C- can they claim their home then if they worked from home? I mean, you know, as their office? I yeah, mean, they don't, it's not their business. They're working for a company, <laughs> but they're working from home. Yeah, the home deductions, um, that is something that that has even for some some people work the pandemic has forced some people to work from home, right? Mm-hmm. And so you want to make sure that you, if you are itemizing your home, your home for a deduction, then again, it goes back to who you are, right? So if you're most of the time, it comes back to if you're self-employed or if you're like an independent contractor, you could use your home, uh, uh, you could you claim your home for as a deduction, a part of your home, if they have a home office for that. But most W two employees, right? If you're if you're a W two employee mm-hmm. and you're working from home, I don't know um, if you can actually write off your house or a percentage of your house that you're using for business. What about like still... toilet paper and stuff like that that you would be using <laughs> at the offices? <laughs> can you write that off? <laughs> if you needed toilet paper for your business, right? Then then, then there, there could be a, uh, there could be a claim for that. Uh, but most of the times when you're when you're doing your home expense uh, as an itemized deduction, it's because you're you're self-employed or you're an independent contractor and you can you can um, write off a percentage of your home that you're using for business. And if it looks suspicious, the IRS might, you know, might come snooping around. But again, it comes back to making sure that you understand the rules. Does making a lot of money just automatically put you on the top of the list of potentially being audited? It does. It really does. It, 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 it's, it's, it sounds crazy, right? Mm-hmm. It's that you make a lot of money and all of a sudden, why are the, why are the IRS looking around it, uh, looking around for you? But it does. Uh, the, the, there's a, is a higher likelihood that if you make a significant amount of money and there really is no threshold behind what that number is, right? Yeah. We don't know if it's, well, if it's, well, it could be like this year you made this and the next year you jumped way up to this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that so a looking, good example? That's a good example, right? So if you know you're you're chugging along for five years, making seventy five thousand dollars, and then the next year you're 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 you jump to you know three hundred thousand dollars, but you're you know, you're still working for the same business, uh, or maybe you're self employed, and all of a sudden you 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 had that catapult of an income that year, then the IRS is probably going to look around to see okay what's what's happened and and go back to your to your filings and see okay well where did this money come from and they're going to probably go through a fine tooth and comb to make sure that the income that you're reporting is 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 accurate 
How can you enjoy the best of both worlds in your financial planning? The convenience of a virtual relationship with your advisor, but also maintaining the human touch. That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. They're an endorsed Dave Ramsey SmartVestor. That's a relationship you can trust. At CloudVestors, you get a personal relationship with one of the team advisors who will help you build a robust investment strategy. It's all about specific, customized planning for your unique situation and for wherever you are in life, whether you're just starting out or getting close to retirement. Holistic financial planning in all areas, including taxes, estate planning, insurance, cash flow, and budgeting. They even offer customized personal websites for clients. The technology of today while still maintaining that human touch. That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. Your finances untangled. Hey, consumer advocate Dave Perkins here with Mo Param. Uh, great to have you along on the podcast. Of course, Mo with CloudVestors. You just heard about CloudVestors. And uh, you can go to CloudVestors' website and hear past podcasts. You can hear uh, radio shows that Mo and Andrew Nida have done and the TV shows they've done. It's all at CloudVestors.com. Mo is helping you. Um, he's doing a great service today. He's trying to give some great tips to help keep you off the IRS radar screen. Looking at charitable deductions you know, or donations, I, for instance, I'll give you an example. The, the grocery store I shop at at the register, they ask every time if I want to donate to, it's, it's one of the um, food drives, not food drives, yeah. but they provide food for needy like people. Like a pantry? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Okay. And, uh, and I always give something to it most times, but I don't keep up with that. So is there mm -hmm. like a stamp? And I, I give like that through the year. We all do. We all give right. like that through the year. Is there a standard charitable amount you give that's just standard that they just assume everybody gives? Or, and because putting down too many donations could also put you on the radar screen, couldn't it? It could be a red flag. Yeah, the IRS actually has, they have a scoreboard, if you want to call it, of what the average charitable donation is for certain income levels. And so I believe, like, if your gross income is like seventy five thousand, it's somewhere like three grand a year is okay. what they av what they see as an average of what a charitable donation um, should look like for someone making that income. Mm -hmm. So if if one year you know you're you're at five thousand or seven thousand or ten thousand, then you know they may want to they may want to turn around and say, okay, well, let's make sure that you're actually you did make those donations, right? Do you have, you know, most, so I donate to, uh, I donate, but I guess it's donate to my church every, every, every week. Uh -huh. um, but it's automated, right? So it just comes out of my account and like every tithing? year. Can you claim tithing? But tithing? Yes and no. So yes, you can. Uh, but it goes back to the standard deduction, right? So this is where the standard deduction all comes in because if you're looking at the standard deduction, these are all the deductions that the IRS allows you to have, right? So if you're tithing, in that example, right? If you make 70 grand and you're mm -hmm. tithing, so it's what, $7,000, um, but you're still claiming your standard deduction, then it goes through that standard deduction, right? Okay. Uh, so if oh. you're going over that, okay. right? So if you're making... One year you make a, a twenty thousand dollar deduction mm -hmm. uh, for charitable giving. Then it comes to the point of okay, well, you made seventy thousand. You donated seven. You donated twenty grand. Okay, now let's make sure you actually did donate the twenty grand, right? So because that's going to go if you're single, that's that's above your standard deduction. 
So then they want to make sure that uh, that you actually did right. uh, make those the, make those contributions or the deductions. Yeah, I would so, see like if you again, made a hundred and they and you said I gave eighty thousand this year to charity, that would be a red right. flag, a, a huge red flag. <laughs> uh, so you know they they the IRS did give, with the new tax laws that came about, you can write off three hundred dollars in cash contributions to charity that goes over your standard deduction. Okay. So uh, that allows you again, if you're, if you're, if you've made some charitable donations, but it, it's a, it's a, maybe a little above the standard deductions, then you can go ahead. And uh, again, if you have complete records for it, you know, claim that uh, $300 ch- charitable contribution write off. You know, the IRS for me was always like when I was in, in well, have been in radio for years and always scared to death of having an FCC, a Federal Communications Commission inspection. And I never met an FCC person. Thank goodness I've never met an IRS person. But <laughs> I've always heard that it's random. Uh, is that true? It's just like a, a, a random lottery on who gets audited. Or are they really looking at everybody's that closely? I don't know if it's random, but... The number is less than 1% of tax returns are actually audited. Mm-hmm. So it is a low number okay. uh, in the grand scheme of things, right? So if you think about it, that means that 99% of tax uh, filings uh, aren't audited. You know, so, you, so you fall into that 1% uh, or a little less than 1% that actually has their, their taxes audited. So... Again, if you if if you're doing things on a on the on the legit standard, you're doing things properly, then you really have nothing to worry about. Well, right? you know, I, I can't uh, see like uh, in an IRS office, you know, one guy's studying my returns and he's like, "Hey, Charlie, come over here and look at this. This doesn't look good. This Perkins guy, <laughs> do you really think he drove that many miles in 2020? I mean, do they really? You know, how could they possibly look at everybody's? I guess it's just uh, random who they decide to look at." You know, it they could be a little random. I don't know. You know, certain things like so. I was watching. I was on YouTube, and it just happened to be. I was just looking at one a video, and uh, it was an ad. You know what? It was an ad. It was an mm-hmm. ad I ran through, and it was talking about how to drive a Bentley, uh, and use it as a deduction. Huh. And basically, the the ad was saying that if you if you own your own business, you can you know have uh, the business pay. You know the 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 the, uh, the payments for your car, and now your business, and now you can drive a fancy car, but it's under the business name, right? Like stuff like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you okay. know, starts. Yeah. You know, you, you you're you're saying that you're using a hundred percent of your vehicle for business purposes. See, that would be a red flag to me if I'm an IRS agent. Right. right. Really? you know how many people are actually unless you're you know unless you have a fleet car right and Uh you're using like a if you're a delivery person or if you're you know you have an actual car where you're like a a landscaper right you have to go from one place to another one lawn to another one house to another then you're probably using your truck or your car uh, for business purposes higher than your average person right or average business owner but, it, but again, that's legitimately, right? But when you start yeah. saying that, oh my gosh, I'm using 100% of my vehicle for business, that's where the red, that's where some of the red flags come in. What about cryptocurrency? What, what kind, how has that changed the whole dynamic in IRS audits? Yeah, that's new, and I'm still learning on on crypto overall. But uh, you know, there's there's 
the tax rules treat Bitcoin or, or cryptocurrencies overall as property for tax purposes, right? Uh, so there, you if you do own any cryptocurrencies, you want to make sure that you that you file it correctly, um, that you identify that you have these uh, these currencies, and you want to let the IRS know. Um, we, we don't we definitely want you breaking any laws, but they, you know right now they are treating cryptocurrency as property. So again, if you own any 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 crypto, you definitely want to make sure that you do um, indicate that you do own it, even if it's a small percentage. You definitely want to make sure that you that you do uh, let them know let them know that you do hold some of these coins. There's a bunch of other things you had here, and, and for the sake of time, do you want to kind of quick hit some things here? Um, yeah, you know, a couple of things are red flags, you know, um, having we have some clients that have accounts overseas, right? Oh, so yeah. you want to make sure that if you're holding any accounts that are over that, that are overseas, you want to let them know, right? And there's some uh, forms you just have to fill out. And for the most part, it's not a it's not a big deal because you're 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 identifying and you're letting them know that I have money overseas. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you don't, there could be, there could be severe penalties for not, for failing to report your overseas account. So uh, definitely want to do that. Uh, You know, you definitely, if you're taking out retirement money. uh, Oh yeah. We talk about that. Retirement age. Yeah. uh, That's huge. Right. Uh, If you're taking out any, any uh, there's some qualifications that you can take out pre 59 and a half. Uh, without uh, without having the ten percent penalty, uh, so uh, you know qualified expenses such as medical medical reasons, first time homeowners, education purposes, um, you know uh, death. There's certain reasons why if you're before fifty nine and a half that you can take uh, money from your qualified accounts like your IRA or four hundred one k without having to pay the ten percent penalty. Now, now paying taxes on this whole different story, mm-hmm. but we're just talking about the penalty itself. So if you're not, if you are taking the the early distributions uh, for any reasons that don't qualify for the that don't qualify for the exemption, and you're not, uh, uh, then there could be some taxable penalties and implications if you're not. Um, basically saying exact if you don't qualify for those exemptions but you're saying that you do so again you want to make sure again if you're taking early withdrawals that you're doing it in an up and honest way what about servers with tips how does that work i always wondered that oh do they report um, that they don't ooh, report that. Do i guess report? it's more like i guess it's more like <laughs> cash transactions yeah. right so you you want to make sure again uh, that you are uh that you are reporting these cash transactions as as uh, as possible, right? Mm-hmm. You know, for us, we're not uh, we're not tax professionals, and I and I keep it very honest with clients and let them know that we technically, well, me personally, I can't give tax advice mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm a tax professional. I can talk a high level about the way taxes can impact your ability to save and grow money and, and different tax uh, different tax implications behind different strategies. Uh, but when it comes to actual tax advice, um, that's more where you where you would lean on, and we lean on too, to CPAs, tax accountants uh, that we have in staff, in house, even if you have your own accountant, we can we can work with them. Okay. But yeah, anything involving cash, right? If you're if you're in a very high trend, uh, high cash business, you know, uh, I mentioned like landscapers, lawn care, uh, restaurants, right? If you're in a very high cash business. You definitely want to make sure you're documenting a lot of these transactions because the IRS can come. 
And now, finally, on our countdown of uh, items that could put you on the radar screen of the IRS, number one on the list of putting yourself on the radar screen, not filing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. This should be a no-brainer, right? Right. If you're not filing your taxes. They're going to come after you and see, okay, why aren't you filing your taxes? Uh, especially if you're a high earner, you're not filing your taxes. You know, um, you've seen a lot of celebrities that I've seen um, get in trouble. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they rely on uh, other people to do. I mean, you can imagine, right? I mean, if you're making millions of dollars, you know, you're trusting someone else to, to handle your taxes for you. And I've seen a lot of celebrities, celebrities that they owe back taxes and you're like well how do you owe back taxes and you, if you start reading an article even even further you see that oh they forgot to pay all right and i'll take them for the i'll take the benefit of the doubt that it was it wasn't their error it was more of the person they were trusting to file the taxes for them just didn't do it or mm -hmm. didn't do it correctly mm -hmm. so yeah if you're not filing it's it's obvious if you're not filing the irs is gonna it's gonna have their their, uh, their monocles out looking to see, okay, why is it the fact that you're not filing? Well, good stuff, uh, Mo. I, you know, I think it is important to make sure that you're very careful. And Well, you want to be up on the up and up. I mean, if yeah. you're on the up and up, you're all right. And save your, those ketchup-stained receipts. Yes, save them. Just yeah. save them. Uh, you just never know when, when you're going to need them. So, um, But, yeah, you're, you're right, Dave. If you're on the up and up, then even if you are audited, then you should it should be pretty smooth if you're on the up and up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's where, you know, the help uh, and assistance and guidance of a professional, whether it's an advisor like us that kind of helps you prepare. And, you know, we have any clients that we work with that have, you know, tax documents, you know, 1099s and all these documents, we have them all ready and available for them and then you also again want to leverage the use of like cpas accountant book accountants bookkeepers tax attorneys you know all these professionals that sometimes you feel like why am i paying why am i paying so much for these services well this is why yeah. right when all it right. comes to a situation where if you ever become audited then then you'll you'll see the value of having these professionals by your side. Uh, great. Good stuff, Mo. As always, and and I do enjoy our, our get-togethers here, So, and we'll keep same going. We, we've been doing it a while, and uh, we, we've already cranked out a lot of podcasts, and we'll keep it going. Yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of podcasts. We've had a lot of uh, new listeners um, so it's always, uh, it's always great to when we, when we get our reports and see that we are, you know, we're, uh, we're reaching out to different people in different cities and different states. Uh, so it's spreading. And so, so for those who continue listening, thank you, spread the news, spread the word, like us, share us, rate us, and you'll find us at every single podcast distribution there is right here. Stay with us on your finances untangled. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Mo Param nor his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.